We'll be uh, in, of course, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 through 20. Again this morning, um, as we continue looking at the uh, whole armor of God. Um, and I have failed to mention over the last several weeks that, um, like this morning, the text may say shoes, and at times I'll say shoes, and at times I'll say, say boots. And I want to kind of give you where that comes from and, and, and as a reminder. <clears throat> at some point, Paul was chained to a Roman soldier. He was arrested and being... So whether he wrote this at that very time, in other words, if he wrote this while he was sitting there looking at this soldier or not, I'm not 100% sure, but I know that he was imprisoned and I know that at points throughout his imprisonment, he was chained to a Roman soldier. So when we look at this whole armor of God, you have to imagine that Paul is drawing these examples as though he's looking at that Roman soldier. So when we get to this morning's shoes, they're not high heels. He's talking about the shoes that a Roman soldier, which would be a boot, in, in today's terms. I don't know about you, but I myself have a job that requires a certain kind of shoe or a certain kind of boot. And I have spent countless dollars trying to find a boot that will do two things in my line of work. And that's be comfortable and last. Right? That's the two things. I, I want it to be comfortable whether I'm standing on concrete at the shop or I'm at a rock crusher wandering around on, well, rocks. And I want it to last. Like if I give $200 for a pair of boots and in six months my toe's sticking out the end of them or the steel part of the steel toe is sticking out the end of them, that's not a good boot. I'm, I'm over that one. I'm going to something else. And over the years I've spent dollar after dollar after dollar in pursuit of a particular boot that will do a particular job and protect my feet. So in this discussion this morning about shotting our feet or putting on the shoes that are the gospel of peace, I want you to think about what you require and what you desire for your shoes to do and what their purpose is in just normal everyday life, whatever that is for you. Because we're going to take this thing and go a couple of different ways with it. So I need your mind to already be focused on what we're trying to get out of a pair of shoes or a pair of boots and what their purpose is for you. Because although in the beginning we're not looking for what application we have, we're looking for what the Scripture says, in the end, we want to think about application. So... We're going to go back and read Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 13 and go through verse 20. Therefore, because of everything he said prior to this, which is the fact that we don't fight against flesh and blood, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, we wrestle against uh, rulers and, and against authorities and against cosmic powers. 
Therefore, because of that, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Remember, this is not a call for you to go to war and defeat Satan. You can't do that. That's already been done. This is a call for you to stand. This is a call for you to withstand, to continue in this race, to not quit, not give up. And in order for you to do that, you're going to have to have some spiritual weapons because the carnal weapons that you and I have at our dispense will not work in spiritual warfare. You'll never win a spiritual war trying to fight it with carnal physical weapons. It won't work. You'll get beat every time. And we've just been told that this ain't no physical war that we're in. We don't fight against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle. And it's a daily spiritual battle. And here's your call to stand. To withstand in the evil day. And in order to be able to do that, in order to be able to withstand, you're going to have to have the whole armor of God. Not parts of it, not pieces of it, not most of it, not some of it. The whole armor of God. Every piece of it. So we get into the pieces. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. 14. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening by my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we do humble ourselves before you this morning again to say thank you for this opportunity to be gathered in your house, to say thank you, Father, for the opportunity that you've given us to dig into your word. I pray that you would open our minds, that you would give us understanding as we go through your word this morning, that you would allow us to hear your voice, Father, that, that my thoughts and my opinions would be bound up, Father, and it'd be your opinions and your thoughts that, that come to the top, Father, as I speak this morning. I pray that you give me the words that need to be heard amongst this congregation of people. Father, we thank you, we love you, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So we're in verse 14. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth. We talked about last week that the truth that holds everything together, the truth that binds it all in a way that it, that it serves its purpose, a truth that sets us free. The breastplate of righteousness that is uh, 
there to protect our vital organs. You don't want no Dollar General breastplate, right? You want the real thing, real righteousness. You want a good, thick, heavy breastplate because it's covering your vitals. And in verse 15, as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Shoes for your feet. You know, as, as, as soldiers, the shoes are very important, right? You, you can only go as far as your boots will carry you. If, if they're not the right material, if they're not um, some form of comfort, and I'm not talking about the kind of comfort that we think about, but for a soldier who marches all day long, when they get to the end of that day, their feet's got to be in good shape. Because guess what's coming tomorrow? Same thing. You and I can relate to this in this spiritual warfare. You, you, you've got to have your feet in good shape. You've got to have good shoes. You've got to be, your feet have got to be protected. Listen, the road of a Christian is a long and sometimes rough road. Right? It's not going to be a smooth paved path. It's going to be some rough treading. So listen, what have we been called to do? To stand, right? This whole thing is about being able to stand. What's going to be the proper base in order for you to stand? Your feet's got to be in good shape for you to stand. Your feet's got to be protected in order for you to be able to withstand. So when we think about this Roman soldier that Paul had, had looked at or was looking at while he wrote this, we think about those, those shoes, those sandals from that day and time, and they laced up all the way up the, the leg. Y'all have seen those pictures, right? And they, and they were a, a, a major amount of support for these soldiers' feet and their legs. The reason I've spent so many dollars trying to find good work boots is because bad work boots not only are just as expensive as good work boots, they don't last as long. And at the end of the day, my feet hurt. And my legs hurt. And in some instances, your back hurts. All because your feet weren't properly supported throughout that day. And guess what you got tomorrow? Another day of the same thing. So if you start with them already hurting, guess what it's going to be at the end of that next day? And it goes downhill from there. Who can focus on what they're doing when we're talking about a soldier in a war and trying to fight? Who can focus on what they're trying to do and what they're trying to, to, to face when all you can think about is how bad your feet hurt? And how bad you dread getting up again today to do this because you know that by the end of the day, your feet's going to hurt. So it's very important that we understand what Paul's looking at and what he's talking about and how all of this ties in. Now we're talking about shoes and we're talking about feet and we're talking about in order to have a good base, your feet have to be taken care of. So to cover your feet, he has mentioned the gospel of peace. Now this, this is a forked road we're going to get on. I'm going to do my best to keep it all laid out in a way that everybody can have full understanding when we leave. But if I find a rabbit 
and I take off on a blind, dead run somewhere, y'all just come go with me, that rabbit will run in a hole and we'll get back to where we were, okay? I'm going to try not to let that happen, but I can see it coming because this thing splits and branches so many different directions when we start talking about the gospel of peace. The first thing that we notice about these shoes and the shoes of the gospel of peace is that the soldier had them on. So the first part of this gospel of peace I want to talk about is how it applies to us personally. In other words, I know it's on our feet and I know it's about going out and spreading it and we're going to get there in a minute. But first of all, just like the rest of this stuff, if you ain't told yourself the truth when you put your belt on, if you got you a, a Dollar General breastplate, one of them, I remember when I was five and they took me down at the creek, but I never changed righteousnesses. Remember, you got to have every piece of this armor. And this gospel of peace, if the gospel isn't where you turn to find peace, if this gospel hasn't supplied something in your life that causes you to be able to understand the difference in truth and lie, if you've never spent enough time with this gospel for you to understand what it means. Listen, I told my Sunday school class this morning, the reason we pour so much time into helping you understand this word and learn how to study this word is because you'll only believe it so far if you believe it because I said it. You'll believe it a whole lot further if you believe it because you understand it. You've got to have an understanding of what this Word says, not based on what me or Brother Kevin or anybody else has said, based on what you've read and what God has spoke to you through His Word. Is this These shoes have got to be good shoes, right? It's just like our Dollar General breastplate. You don't want no cheap plastic breastplate. It's covering your vitals. It's got to be made out of good stuff. This gospel, uh, these shoes of the gospel of peace are the same one. You don't want no cheap, junky shoes. You can't go into this battle with Walmart boots. You got to have some good boots. You got to have a good, clear understanding of this gospel of peace that Paul's referring to here. And that only comes from one thing your time in it. If, if this book, is something that you pick up and bring to church with you so everybody realizes where you're going and maybe even as a reminder to you as to where you're going. And then you leave here on Sunday and you take it home and you lay it on that catch-all. Everybody's got one. Huh? You, you, when I say catch-all, it's that place where when you come in the door, it's where everything lands. As a matter of fact, if you lose something, the first place you look is the catch-all. Maybe it's a table just inside the door. Maybe it's a shelf, right? Maybe it's your kitchen table. Maybe it's a bar. But there's some place in your house that's a catch-all that when you come in with your hands full and you got 14 things and you can't carry nothing else, when you come by it, you set it all down. And if that's, what, if that's where the Word of God for you lands on Sunday afternoon and you pick it up next Sunday on your way back, then you're not getting what you need. Because all you're doing is depending on me or Brother Kevin or your Sunday school teacher or somebody else to feed this to you. This relationship we're talking about is a personal 
relationship. Again, you can only believe something so far when you believe it because I said it. I'm afraid you and I as Christians are about to face a time where it's going to take some real, some real nerve to remain a Christian. When it's going to take some real courage to proclaim our faith. And I'm afraid there's too many people that their faith is based on what their pastor told them. Your faith's got to be based on what you understand about this gospel. And I'm not saying other people can't help you and guide you, and I'm not saying there's not good things being taught around here. I'm not saying that at all. But if that's all you're getting, you're not getting enough. You haven't learned the amount of peace that's in this gospel for you personally. And here's the thing. Who wants to spread something that they don't know themselves? You know you know what? Some people say, well, I'm just not comfortable talking about it. You know what you're comfortable talking about? What you know. What, what you know. That's what you're comfortable talking about. In other words, if I went over and, and uh, uh, Bobby and Wayne B. was having a conversation about cattle, I'm going to be lost and uncomfortable. Well, probably for a number of reasons. I should have used somebody else. Because that conversation would lose anybody. But I'm going to be lost in that conversation about cattle. Because I don't know nothing about it. I know it makes good hamburger and good steaks, and that's all I need to know. But now, if I walk up and you're having a conversation about fixing things and working on stuff, I'm in. We can talk about that. I'm comfortable talking about that. I'm comfortable giving you my opinion. I'm comfortable sharing with you knowledge about repairing things. Why? It's all I've done all my life. I know about it. I mean, I, I legitimately have spent seven and a half plus, 17, 24, 25 years professionally doing it. Not counting the time I spent in the backyard working on chunks because that's all we ever had. <laughs> Somebody had to keep it running. I got volunteered for that position, and I've been doing it pretty, for a pretty long time. So when you start talking about working on things, and you start asking my advice about how to fix something, I can have that conversation with you. And I'm very comfortable having that conversation with you. Why? Because I'm familiar with it. I spent a lot of time with it. I have a lot of knowledge about it. Knowledge that I'm pretty comfortable about and pretty confident in. Why? Because I've done it. I can do the same thing with the Bible. Because I'm a scholar of Scripture? No, just because I've done it. I've spent time in it. I've spent time with the Bible. I've spent time using this Word to counsel people. I've spent time using this Word to, to minister to people. I've, I've spent a lot of time with it. So I'm comfortable talking about it. If you're not comfortable talking about your faith and you're not comfortable, it's because you're not comfortable with your faith. It's because you're not familiar with it. It's because you've spent way too much time relying on somebody else to feed you the Word of God. That's why you're not comfortable with it. You say, well, I can't understand it. 
Because you're leaning on your own understanding. It's not your understanding. Listen, we started this off with learning that it's not my strength that I'm depending on to be able to stand and withstand. Right? He goes, look at, look at chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. The first thing we got to understand is this, this isn't about my abilities. That, listen, you've got to be familiar with this gospel of peace, number one, or it's not going to be bringing you much peace. And number two, you're going to be useless distributing it. Taking it out to others. Listen, we're talking about the whole armor of God. We're talking about finding the tools that is required for us to just be able to stand, to hold the line, to remain Godly, to remain righteous, to remain holy, to just stand, to just stay upright. In other words, if you ain't familiar with this gospel of peace, it's going to be a short battle. It's going to be a short battle. And I don't like your odds at all. It's not a buffet. Talked to a guy several weeks ago on a job site that I was on and we got to the discussion of, of church and Scripture and God and and he made a very scary comment to me. He said, I believe about 75% of what the Bible says. Seventy-five percent? How'd you come up with that number, first of all? Second of all, how did you choose what not to believe? I bet I know. I bet it's the parts that make you feel uncomfortable. I bet it's the parts that don't match the way you want to live your life. And it doesn't work that way. It's a hundred percent or zero percent, one or the other. It's not a buffet. You can't choose the parts you like. And so many people are trying to do that today. They're trying to pick out the parts that match the way they want to live. They're trying to pick out the parts that will justify their lifestyle and then leave the rest of it laying and just claim, well, I just don't believe that. It doesn't, just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it's not true. It, does, it doesn't mean that at all. Listen, this gospel of peace is not very peaceful in pieces and parts. Think about it. So, so how can I declare that 75% of it's correct and 25% of it's wrong and be 100% dedicated to that 75%? Doesn't make any sense, does it? At all. This has got to be our foundation, remember? It's our shoes. It's got to be the foundation. Because if our feet hurt and our, and our feet give out and our shoes wear out, how are you going to stand? How are you going to be focused on the battle at hand when your feet hurt so bad you can't stand up? This, this gospel of peace, this is our foundation. We have to have this understanding. We have to know what it says. And we have to believe it to the point that we would die for it. And you're not going to die for it 
if your belief system is based on what I've said. Because at some point you're going to go, well, I don't know if Brother Nick was exactly right about that part. Right? Because now it's starting to cost you something. See, we're all in on things that don't cost us anything that we don't have to sacrifice for. But the minute it starts to cost me, the minute I have to sacrifice on its behalf, I start to question a whole lot of things. It doesn't work that way. You have to be 100% in because if you're not 100% in, you're not, you're not going to be able to stand. You're not going to have the peace that comes from this gospel. And if you don't have the full understanding of this gospel message, then your hope's in the wrong place, right? Your, your, your trust is in the wrong things, right? See, it's this, here's what happens. And this is kind of a graphic description, some may say. Um, but I'm going to try to do it in a way that I don't say certain words and, and point out certain things for the younger audience. When major issues come up in our country, things like what does, how do you define marriage? Our country has always defined marriage according to Scripture. One man and one woman. That's called a standard. We have a base. That means everybody can always come back to this solid spot and stand right there. Every state can come right here and go, we can't allow that other because we have a standard. We have a base, right? All right, when our country decides to remove that base, what happens? It's, it's downhill from there, right? Because now, because now you have one group that want to remove the one man, one woman and make it two of one, two of the other. Then there's a group right behind them that want it to be their relatives. There's a group right behind them that want it to be their animals. Huh? There's a group right behind them that want it to be children. You know what happened? You remove the base. And there's no bottom. You've got to have a standard. You've got to have a base. This gospel is our base. It doesn't matter how it makes me feel. It doesn't matter how comfortable or uncomfortable it is. It doesn't matter what sacrifices it caused me. It doesn't matter if it's at my house, your house, or all across the nation, and everybody votes but one person. It doesn't matter. This is the standard. This is the base. And when we go to messing with this base, the peace is removed. Now it's not the gospel of peace anymore because we've taken the standards out of it. It's got to be 100% correct. And we've got to believe it 100% in every avenue of life. And it don't just apply when we're sitting in church. It applies when we're sitting at the house. And it don't just apply when we're talking about Sean's kids. It applies when I'm talking about my kids too. Right? If it's going to be a standard and it's going to be a base and it's going to achieve what God set forth for it to achieve, it's got to be 100% across the board. So now once we've established your need for these shoes and this gospel of peace, now we can move on to the rest of this and, and, and the rest of what God is, is trying to accomplish here. Go to 2 Corinthians before we get too fast. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 16 to 21. Nathan will uh, pull that up for you if, if you would uh, rather it be on the screen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. And I'll read through 21. 
From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard Him thus no longer. Verse 17, here we go. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself, and listen to this, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So now that I've received it, what's my call? i got to go spread it, right? Ain't that what he said? I've been called to this reconciliation, and now I've been assigned the ministry of reconciliation. Here we go. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and trusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making His appeal through us. We implored you on behalf of Christ to reconcile to God. For our sake, He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. That, that, that's our message, right? That, that now that I've under, got an understanding of this peace, now that I've got an understanding of reconciliation, now that I've got an understanding of born again, as a Christian, I've been given an assignment. Here's the reason you need these shoes. So you can take this gospel forward. How many of you want to sell something that you don't know nothing about? How good of a salesperson will you be? Not very good. We have some salespeople amongst us that will tell you from personal experience, the first thing you have to do is be familiar with what you're trying to sell. Because people are going to ask you questions and the worst thing in the world is for somebody to ask you a question about something you're trying to hand them and you look at them and go, well, I ain't sure about that, but I can find out. Right? Well, when you find out, get back with me. That may be too late for somebody when we're talking about the gospel. So now that we've become familiar with this gospel of peace, now we want to spread this peace. Now we want to spread this gospel just as Paul did. Y'all remember Paul? who Paul was before he was Paul? Yeah, his name was Saul and he was on a road, wasn't he? And where was he headed? He had papers and permission from the higher-ups and everything. And where was he headed? He was going to kill Christians. He was going to arrest Christians. He had permission from the government to go round up every Christian he could find and throw them in jail, have them killed, whatever it took. Get rid of them. They got to go. And he was zealous about this mission and he was on fire for this mission and he was stomping the ground and pounding the pavement and he was headed that way to gather up all he could gather up. And what happens? He has an encounter. An encounter with Christ. And he goes falls blind, God, God darkens his eyes and he sends him to this place and he tells him this Ananias feller is going to be there and he's going to come around, he's going to put hands on you, uh, you're going to be unblinded. And, and what happens is a transformation takes, side in, takes place inside of Paul and he goes from being Paul to being, I mean from going from being Saul to being Paul. Now that gospel that he was trying to persecute people for 
has become His purpose. He's been changed, completely changed. What, what did we read a while ago in Corinthians? A new creation. Old things have... That's Paul telling you what happened in his life. Right? That, that's Paul speaking from experience. He was zealous to kill and murder and arrest and imprison Christians. Now he is one. And now he's on a mission to spread this gospel. And if you'll go back and look through the book of Acts and you start following along with Paul, you'll see how zealous he was from the very beginning to spread this gospel. And his M.O. was the same no matter where he went, whether he was standing in front of kings or he was in prison or he was in the streets. It didn't matter. The first thing that was going to come out of his mouth was the gospel. When you and I have an encounter with Christ, it will forever change you. When you and I have a constant, real, genuine encounter with this gospel, it will change you. And then it will automatically become your desire to see the rest of the world experience the change that you've experienced. It will become real. And this gospel, this gospel of peace, this gospel of reconciliation, God didn't send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through Him they might be saved. Now, does that mean God don't call sin, sin? Absolutely not. Does that mean God is, is love and love alone and only love? No, God is love. God is also wrath. And it has to be taught in the correct proportion. But what I am telling you is this gospel brings peace. And that peace is what you and I are trying to spread individual to individual. It's what happens when people see us stand in all of these hard times and all of these difficult times and not fold up and, and give up and, and go to throwing stuff and throwing a little fit like a five-year-old. No, we're just called to stand and withstand. But you're not going to do it based on your personal abilities and your personal strength and your personal knowledge. It's going to happen when you figure out that without Christ, you are nobody. And that without His strength, you ain't got a chance. And that without His love, you ain't got nothing. And that without this gospel, none of us have one iota of a shot at reconciliation with our Creator. It's only through this gospel, it's only through this Jesus, the world will tell you there are many ways. Everybody's on the same uh, same mission to get back to God, but there's so many paths that take you there. No. No, there's not. According to Scripture, there's one path, and His name's Jesus. That's this Gospel. Listen, this is good boots. This is good boots. These are good boots. These are lightweight boots. These are tough boots. These are, these are strong boots. They got a good soul in them. And at the end of the day, when you walk in these boots, your feet don't even hurt. That's these boots. That's, that's what this gospel is. 
When I told you earlier, I wanted your mind thinking about what the perfect shoe is to you, what it is required of a shoe in your world. That's what this gospel is to you spiritually. These, I used to, I, I was red wing straight up. I wouldn't buy nothing but a red wing shoe. And I didn't buy them in steel toe because when I worked, the first garage I worked on, worked at didn't require it. And I had my style, right? It's got a number inside. I had my style, my size, and my leather. And I'd buy them dudes and I'd work in them for two, two and a half years sometimes. Now, when I replaced them, they was due to be replaced. They ain't, I ain't acting like they still look like new. My toes was wiggling out the ends and all that kind of stuff. But it'd go two years. When I went to working on heavy equipment, one of the requirements for the job was steel toe shoes. I'd never wore steel toe shoes. So I went and got my exact thing in my red wings in steel toe. Nailed it. The first pair lasted about a year and a half. I was pretty rough on them. Conditions were different. A lot more oil, a lot more grease, a lot more diesel fuel. So it was expected they wouldn't last as long, and they didn't. Then I bought a pair of them. Same boot I've always wore, same. Had to buy a new pair. Got them dudes home. Put them on. I always broke them in. I'd wear them to church to break them in. I'd buy a new pair. I'd wear them to church. Get them good and broke in so that when my other ones got wore out, I'd just swap over into them. Well, I noticed them things had a little funk to them. And I thought, well, maybe I got something going on with my feet. So we, I got new socks and stuff. I kept wearing them. They keep them out of the garage. I mean, it was real funky. <clears throat> well, my other ones got wore out and I started wearing them to work. You couldn't stay in the room with them. I mean, they got some serious... Well, a couple of the other guys that worked with me were Red Wing guys too. And they had... I was so we were sitting there at break one day and I said, Stanley, this latest pair of Red Wings I bought is the stinkiness. He said, my wife throwed mine out in the yard, Literally. Said that's the stinkingest thing. I said, it's the boots. So we got to doing a little research and a little digging, and they had changed the tanning process in the leather in that particular boot. Something about that process didn't go well with sweaty men's feet, and it wasn't good. So we changed to a different style, went to a lace-up boot. Got the same leather we used to have. Now you got shoestrings to deal with. Shoestrings and heavy equipment don't go together. They won't last. Every other week you buy a pair of shoestrings for them ragged boots, and they don't last. Since that, since that tanning process got changed, I have yet to find a pair of boots that last. If I get 12 months out of them, it's good. Price didn't go down. It cost me the same thing. But the benefits went away. You hear me? You hear me? Yeah, you hear me. You get what I'm saying? Really and truly, it don't cost no more to live out the whole gospel. And you ain't sacrificing no benefits. These boots in, in this armor 
are of great importance. Just like you don't want no Dollar General breastplate, plastic breastplate taking it into, you don't want no junky shoes when you strike out on this journey. Get familiar with this. Get from every day. Every day. Spend some time. A lot of people run around this world going, I'm just waiting on God to speak to me on that. And I'm going, He already has. Just, just read it. Just pick it up and read it. Well, I just like to go sit out in my deer stand and listen for God to speak to me. You're lying. You'd just rather hunt than go to church. Say that. Be a grown-up about it. Because really and truly, God's done spoke. And if you're sitting out there without His Word, you ain't listening for Him to speak. You're looking for a big buck. Liar. I just like to sit on the river and listen to God's voice. No, you don't. You like to fish. Just say that. Because you're playing this crazy game that you'll never win at. But that's my alone time with God. Do you do it with your Bible in your hand? Well, no. Then you're lying. You just like doing whatever it is you're doing. Because if you ain't got this with you, you ain't spending time with God. You're spending time with yourself. There's a difference. Now, the other one's not so evil. I'm not saying that. But don't call one the other. If you're looking to hear from God, try seeing what He says. Try listening to what, try reading what He said. He spoke. It's right here in this gospel. Familiarize yourself with it. And in closing, Romans chapter 10, I want to wrap up by showing you the importance of um, you and I being ambassadors and taking this message and carrying it forward. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. Romans chapter 10, verse 14 through 17. How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? In verse 17, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. How is anybody going to believe the gospel they haven't heard? And how are they going to hear it if nobody tells them? This is... Faith comes through hearing, hearing the Word of God. So at some point, we do have to tell them. At some point, somebody does have to say something. And the only way you're ever going to be comfortable enough to open your mouth and speak about this gospel is if you get familiar with it. So get familiar with it. It's your call. It's your responsibility, just like it's my responsibility. It's our responsibility as Christians, not just my responsibility as a pastor. So get familiar with it. 
so you can be comfortable talking about it. So you can, listen, how's somebody going to believe it if they never hear it? Now I can assure you, just, just so we keep things in balance, nobody's going to stand before God and have the excuse, I didn't know. That's, that's not Romans chapter 10. Uh, Rome, yeah, Romans tells us that as well. I think it's chapter 10, maybe chapter 1. There ain't about nine different there. It's chapter 1. That His invisible attributes are made known by what He has created. So in other words, nobody's going to stand before God and have the excuse, I didn't know. But at the same time, how are they going to believe if nobody tells them? Get familiar with this gospel so that you are confident talking about it. So you are comfortable talking about it. It's our call. It's our duty. It's our responsibility. I'm going to ask the Dale and the worship team to come up here and they're going to lead us in a, in a song of invitation. And I just encourage you to respond in whatever manner God has laid on your heart. I encourage you to, as we go through this, to continue to look at this uh, whole armor of God and understand the importance of each individual piece. We can't take up just part of it. Just because you got a good shield don't mean you don't need good shoes. Right? Just because just your shoes are real good and, and, and you're comfortable with, with them don't mean you don't need your helmet or your breastplate. It's all necessary and it's all important. And I encourage you to examine the armor that you're putting on.